On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Hitmonkey joins Pogo and Grodd in our Primate Hall of Fame, if Charles Xavier and LaLondra get it on, and if comedian Will Hines says, screw it, let's just talk to Ryan. All of that and more on the all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. And you heard that little ending part, so you know I'm back. I'm It's Cassie. It's me. I'm back. I'm here to host. Um, I do have my other friends here to help me, to uh, help me on this journey. Mike and Ryan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start with Mike. You do need help on this journey. You're <laughs> getting a little lost there. You you missed one week because your birthday or whatever, and now you're fucking listen, a mess. Listen, you guys. I went up to the woods for my birthday, and it was it was a rough time. It was a spiritual time, and also just a rough time. I'm a I'm a completely different person, and I no longer know how to sit here in front of a microphone. I d- I don't know if I can do this anymore. When you went to the woods, and I I wanted to know this for so long, did you see a bear shit? I. Not only saw a bear shit, I fought a bear. Because he <laughs> shit. was shitting? Yeah, because I made eye contact with him when he shat, and apparently that's a challenge <laughs> in the animal world, and I was like, oh no. And then, you know how bears fight? I would have thought, you know, if Riverdale taught me anything, it was just with their claws. No. Mm. With his shit? With his shit. It was like straight throwing m- it at you? Monkey style. I think that was just like him throwing down the gauntlet, you know? Just like let me know there was a challenge. It was him throwing the shit at me, and I was like, whoa. That's a bit much. Based on the documentaries I've seen called commercials, bears are super into wiping their butt. Yeah. So yeah. I'm surprised that th- he was this rude about it. Or she. Girl bear shit too. Every bear shits. This bear, I don't it. I, I did see it shit. I didn't see its genitalia though, so I don't know which <laughs> one. But um, I maybe it was the fact that I didn't have any toilet paper on hand. Like maybe that's my yeah, role. Yeah, you're supposed to have Charmin. Yeah, they only If you make eye contact with a bear, you better... Also, because you said, I guess in the animal kingdom... It's a challenge to make eye contact with the shitting. Cassie, I got to tell you, in the human kingdom, it's also not great to make eye contact when somebody's shitting. That's why I won't shit until I have found a stall without a door. So I can make as much eye contact as possible. Why do th- those are horrific, man. <laughs> I, I, Prison. Why do those exist? <laughs> Wait, are you telling me these really exist? You guys have come across yeah. these? You've never been to like a Major League Baseball game in the men's room <laughs> in a shittier town? Or go to high school where I went to high school. Oh my well, that God, was because the kids themselves kept ripping off the doors. Or because of smoking <laughs> in the boys' room. Mm. And d- doing drugs. Smoking they would have been fine with. It was mainly the doing the drugs. Yeah. Please just smoke. <laughs> of the drugs. Oh, no, but I feel like that would be a way to display dominance even in our world. I feel like you should make eye contact with anybody. Like, you claim that bathroom as yourself, mm-hmm. as yours. That is the power move. Because, like, the instinct is if somebody walks in and there's no door or if they, like, barge in somehow, like, you thought you locked and they didn't, you go, ugh. And you've also you've lost the power. Your pants are around your ankles, your balls are in your hand, and you're just taking a big poop. <laughs> but if you just go, "What up?" Then the then, power is back in your hands. <laughs> then next you're the, to the creep balls. who wanted the door open and to be found <laughs> like that. <laughs> then it's a problem. Also, you fucking cucks. Why are we flushing? Make people look at what you did. <laughs> I made this. 
Okay. Hey, new listeners. <laughs> hey, new listeners. What's up? Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, I feel like. Do you guys just want to talk about different poops this whole episode? I feel like that's probably the biggest thing we have going on in this episode, right? Wow, that's harsh to hit, monkey. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, another animal that throws poop is, of course, monkeys. Segways. So, oh my god, these segways are amazing. This is so great. Listen, okay. So we're gonna have to see if this is how this monkey also fights. And also, at the end of this, we have a huge guest. Um, it might be the monkey himself. It might be another comedian. Who knows? Let's see who throws the poop first. Uh, but let's go to that main event right now. <laughs> This week, the final show to make it out of Hulu's Offenders lineup was released. Hitmonkey star- starts off as a show about Bryce, an alcoholic hitman loser whose life is saved by a group of snow monkeys. When bad guys come and kill Bryce and all of the monkeys but one, the last remaining monkey who has no choice but to put on a suit and sunglasses, grab a gun, and get revenge. We were mostly positive on Modoc, the other Hulu show to make it to air. So Taste Buds, I ask you this. Is Hitmonkey able to balance its ridiculous premise as well as Modoc did? I dare say better. Yeah. Oh, yes. There's there are fewer stumbles in this show than in Modok. I think now Modok hit the ground running with those two little legs that came out of his giant <laughs> head, and I could see this premise slowing it down. Again, we only watched two episodes for press time, but so far there's something that I dare say is rare for a Marvel TV show: uh, forward narrative momentum. <laughs> were you guys surprised by that or am i wrong about that i don't think you're wrong but yeah it is clear where we are headed mm-hmm. there's not an episode of bryce and the monkey just sitting in the spa talking about ptsd bryce's feelings <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and it's also i don't know like it obviously like while watching it i was like this is this is what i felt like modok should have been more like because the the like laughs were hitting more but it also had like i don't know if it's just because it's a monkey like the monkey's it just is. in a suit. Yeah. And how much of a factor is that? <laughs> well, what I love is the, the I guess we get we do get the origin of Hip Monkey here, but we also get the origin he knows right away he should grab sunglasses, but mm-hmm. for a while he thinks he's fine <laughs> with sunglasses and a duffel bag full of guns. And, and eventually he's like, Oh, I should suit up. And a butt that's lost most of its hair. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's the monkey way. <laughs> we all know the monkey way. I'm learning. The show is teaching me. <laughs> and Mike for some reason are teaching me the monkey way. How did you guys uh, deal with Ted Lasso saying all the horrific shit Bryce <laughs> says? Because it's Jason Sudeikis is not changing his voice that much. No, he is leaning into a bit more of his gruffer voice, I think. Yeah. But it's still, it's still He's very more Led Tasso. Yeah, more Led Tasso for sure. But it was for a little bit, like for the first beginning, I was like, not my precious boy, not him saying this. But the fact he doesn't have a mustache, but a five o'clock shadow is very important. He. Uh, I think that he is the worst part for me so far. And it's because a lot of people have been talking uh, online recently about fuck Joss Whedon for a lot of reasons. But the recent one is because I can't remember what the example was, but he's made it so ever. Oh, it was uh, Cowboy Bebop. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, The new Netflix show has all of this fucking banter, just this fast paced banter. And Joss Whedon didn't invent it, but I do feel like definitely popularized. Yeah. He popularized it for nerdy adaptations, right? And Jason Sudeikis does cross this line often for me in this show only where it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. For like two <laughs> seconds, I, uh-huh. if you would just like thought a thought instead of said a thought, that would be great for two seconds. I wonder if it's that because it, this is a two-hander, but it's 
the ghost of Jason Sudeikis and a monkey who does not talk. Yeah. So I wonder if they're like, well, we better make him talk even more. But when like the show is goofy, but the end of episode one, they take the monkey's emotions really seriously. And I think that is like the gem in the middle of the show is like this monkey is going through some stuff. Yeah. And let's deal with that. I think the most important part is to they made a comedy. Because it's 30 minutes, I call it a comedy. I don't know if it actually is. But they made a comedy that doesn't, that isn't snarky towards its own premise. Like, yeah. it accepts its premise, and therefore we have to, and that is the most impressive thing about it. And so, therefore, we can have moments with the monkey. If they don't accept their, like, emotional moments, if they don't accept their premise, if they're always laughing at it, or if they're laughing right. at it sometimes, then we're laughing at it always. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's really hard to get those moments, especially in animation, especially with the monkey. There's a lot going against it, and I, so far they're earning it. Is, is part of your issue with Bryce, uh, Jason Segel's character, is that he is Archer? Well, he's like there's a lot of similarities. Would not exist without Archer. <laughs> the animation style is remarkably similar. Mm. That helps. Um, but yeah, I, Archer's funnier though, and Archer is, I don't know almost more two-dimensional and therefore Mm -hmm. they can get away with it more like they're doing a lot with bryce and a lot of it does work like his loneliness when oh man the uh, all of the hotel workers leave (laughs) the room like their their job is to get the fuck get you in there and get the fuck out of there and he's so sad that i think they're they're really good at doing stuff without dialogue they didn't need it all they just need to show. So you just want sad boy. You just want like a close up on him, lonely and depressed Dashes in a room. Of sad boy. And but I do like that. Like it has built in now in two episodes. The reason he talks all the time is because he is lonely. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to deal with his own thoughts, so he will talk overthinking. And at one point, he mentions that he is in AA. Yeah, but his actions don't really. <laughs> no, while drinking, <laughs> he's all like time. he's double fisting constantly, <laughs> no matter where he is. Uh. Do you guys have where, like, so you talked about how, you know, the show doesn't make fun of itself. It accepts the premise that it is a monkey. And a lot of that is, like, we talked about how the monkey is, like, straight up strapped with guns, like, walking through, like, uh, is it Japan? Mm-hmm. The city? Yeah. And, like, there's not a single person who is, like, that's a monkey. Yeah. Like, even the people yeah. in the streets are just, like, yeah, what's up, monkey? The Some of the military men are trying to figure out what could do this, and somebody suggests monkey, and they're like, there's no fucking way that it was a monkey. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, the people in Tokyo, I guess, are so busy that, or maybe it's so common, I've never been to Tokyo, um, that a monkey with a duffel bag, and you don't know it's full of guns, it might be full of right. other monkeys, for all you know. <laughs> it's children. Just monkey heads. But yeah, this they don't seem to be serial killer. Well, I think it's this takes firmly, and we haven't expanded enough, eventually we do leak we will meet Lady Bullseye. I know she's one of the big bads. So I think this is a world, there's a quick silver samurai shot. This is a world that's set in the, all the superheroes exist. So like, this is the fifth least weird thing they've seen that day. (laughs) It's like, sure, I guess, why not? I do feel like more people should react like the little kid who, when he saw a monkey, just grabbed him with his grubby little fingers and hugged him. (laughs) You're mine now. Oh man, kids are monsters. Kids are the worst. But, and I was like, what, what, what are we doing here? Why I, I'm into the storyline. Why why are we hanging out with this kid? Oh, he has a suit. That little kid yeah. has a suit. That's why. <laughs> this is how he gets his suit because the kid has a rack of suits. The kid has a suit and then also picks up like his like ninja stars at the end. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be something or they just wanted to say like, hey, this kid now has ninja stars. It, look at that. And so yeah, the ninja stars play a big role here as well. They should in every movie and TV show that's ever existed, but. Mm-hmm. They don't. 
so what we have here is Hitmonkey is on this um, path for revenge to try and figure out, you know, who killed his other snow monkey, his his jacuzzi family. Um, <laughs> but there's a, a part where random uh, soldiers are just fucking around and killing pigeons with yeah. ninja stars. Mm-hmm. And then it also like zoom in onto Hitmonkey's eyes. This is also a problem for him as well. Right. To uh, uh, so he's going to protect killing animals. the killing of animals. Yeah. So he's going to protect that too, and that's that's a hard thing for us to not get behind. Yeah. Do you think a relationship is going to form with Olivia Munn's character? Why did monkey? they look at each other like that at the end of the <laughs> okay, second the, the episode? Monkey, oh, we're talking about the monkey and the girl, yes. right? Like, yeah, <laughs> the, the the girl who is uh, she is the niece of a politician who the the, the person they were backing who was going to like charge corruption was killed by Bryce by Jason Sudeikis and so now her uncle is going to run on a platform up like let's not be pieces of shit and the look she and the monkey give each other <laughs> after he times. saves her it is a real uh, Paul Dune and his mom and Dune <laughs> the look that they give each other when they're both changing it's also and this is not the last time this name will be mentioned in today's episode uh, a real Howard the Duck and Bev thing where uh-huh. you're enough like a human duck that i guess we can go to town on each other <laughs> suits make everybody look sexy i get it <laughs> suits and glasses it's a go <laughs> everybody keep their animals out of suits <laughs> because they're gonna get fucked by random strangers on the street <laughs> that is a goddamn promise <laughs> i hope that it's like <clears throat> she recognizes something in the monkey's eyes yeah they can't be like romance can it they simply can't no. they cannot also- Th- this this show, out of like, I know we didn't, we're never going to get Tiger and Dazzler or Howard the Duck, but this, out of the four offenders, this seems like the most sincere. And so I don't think it would be the one to have a bestiality couple. <laughs> Let me give you an example of a joke that works on this show, like how they treat their premise seriously. It's not, the jokes aren't at the expense of how stupid it is. They didn't, they don't fucking do that thing, it, like in the new Spider Man trailer, where they, ser- the three kids seriously laughed at Otto Octavius's name. Like, are we still doing that shit? <laughs> It worked so well in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when they just everybody yelled taser face and laughed and laughed and laughed. God damn it. That's so annoying. Anyway, <laughs> they don't make fun of the fact that like this is the premise of the show. A joke is like um, there's a there's a cop, a detective, you know, who's kind of slow, kind of fat, who is also in the story. He's probably going to be the one to figure out it's a monkey before anybody else. And he tells his new young partner, uh, if I ever find the person who killed my old partner, uh, I'm not going to arrest them. And then she's like, uh, should I do it? He's like, no, it's because I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. That's that's like the kind yeah. of like grounded comedy that if it's in a show called Hit Monkey, now like now it's even super. It's even funnier, you know. Mm-hmm. Or even having the the grandma who's hacking and half to death, yeah, be an acrobat yeah. who like while she's coughing her lungs out, being able to chase down Hit Monkey. Guys, I thought she was gonna be an ally for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I really so thought that she was gonna make it out. She got cut the fuck in half, and it was wild. We saw intestines. <laughs> the fact that they made her so creepy upon entrance, like just her coughing alone in this time, yeah. I was like, get her away from me. And then, <laughs> That's how I feel about real grandmas. <laughs> but then when she was like, like almost like the ring, cr- crawling up like the creepiest <laughs> way on that thing, I was like, oh my God, this grandma is too much. But also, her and a monkey team up, I'd be there for it. Sure, but at, they try. They're still trying to figure it out, because Bryce, having seen... Bryce is she's on the on the conveyor belt about to hit the saw and Bryce is Bryce can't talk to her she can't hear Bryce so we scream at, at the monkey ask her these yeah. questions <laughs> but the monkey is a monkey, monkey talk <laughs> so they just run out of time and she gets cut up <laughs> he just monkey screams at her <laughs> well, well, I think one of my favorite 
like reoccurring things is that Bryce will be talking and the monkey will make monkey noises back at Bryce and you're like, okay, they've learned how to communicate. But then every once in a while, Bryce will say something like, it's obvious he's just doing his I will talk no matter what thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's pretending he knows what the monkey's noises mean when often <laughs> they are not that at all. Do we think that we will get this monkey learning sign language by the end of this? Well, yeah, because we get a middle finger at the end of this episode. Uh, the end of the second episode. Is a smart that's, monkey. That's every. <laughs> Who's monkey's my monkey? Who's my smart monkey? <laughs> that's every monkey's first sign they learn. Actually, um, this monkey in a suit versus Pogo. How does it rank? Pogo can talk, and he's CGI. I think. And he's British. And, and he's yeah. British. British. He's raised these kids. I think Pogo's still up there. But Hitmonkey yeah, didn't gonna be... take some fucking antlers through the chest like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he would grab those antlers and shove it up somebody's asshole. Yeah. And we would see the asshole. <laughs> and flip it off. I'm glad you guys aren't in charge of Hitmonkey. <laughs> That's what I just learned. The show or the monkey? Both. <laughs> you should never have oh, a monkey. Oh, the revenge I would get on those who have deceived me if I was in charge of Hitmonkey. All right. Are you guys in for the rest of the season? I'm definitely in, yeah. Yeah. It was so hard to stop it, too. Yeah. It was surprising how good this was. Again, because the premise is an assassin monkey. And I was like, what? It. This is one of those characters like, you know, you fall out of comics and then it's hard to fall back in. And I've heard that he existed, but have not read anything. And now I'm like, should I go get like the hit monkey trade? Like, <laughs> well, I think I want to read about him. By the end of the show, we're going to have more hit monkey story on TV than comic books. Like, oh, really? He, he had like a cut, like a miniseries or two. And then he pops up every once in a while. Uh, if there's ever like in a call for the animal Avengers, but Throg and <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is this is going to be his longest most complicated wow. story i think i'm pretty sure well i'm excited i'm in for it too um that is all the time we have to talk about hint monkey because ryan you were texting me non-stop during my birthday about a website and i was like okay god you will have your time to talk about it and ryan now is your time yes uh, my website is called uh cassie's countdown mm-hmm. and i had to get it launched because it counts down to uh when cassie is no longer in her 20s rude it's, this it's is a rude. less creepy it's definitely based on the creepiest version of a website that used to be out there with like the olsen twins 18th birthday count. yeah that's <laughs> oh, so fucked up shit. when will it be okay for me to want like to feel good about wanting to fuck these children is that what ins- instead yours is when can i make fun of my friend for not being in her 20s anymore <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when can i say she's officially old as dirt as well and so you did just turn 29 I did just turn 29. Okay. Ew, really? Yeah. You're so old. I know. Thank you. <laughs> so there's one year left on this calendar. Um, and I think that we're all going to celebrate it every day. We're going to go to the website. We're going to mm-hmm. see how much time is left. It's going to be about one day less than it was the previous day. But that's okay. Come and it's a social media type thing. Like they'll be checking in with each other. There'll be things to like. Um, mostly it's just a clock. It's just a countdown clock. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing else on the website. But... Uh, go and like things anyway. If it's just a clock with no explanation, how do the people know it's a countdown to well, my... The URL is countdown to Cassie's 30th birthday.com. Okay, there we go. Rolls off the tongue. Just so easy. I'm surprised you got that domain, actually. That's huge. <laughs> That's a big come up. Um, I don't really want this website to succeed. Uh, it's kind of mean, but I'm going <laughs> to point you towards my friends anyow. Um, Cybersprout.net. Ryan, have you heard of them? I have actually. You you have yeah. you've heard about your partner for the digital world? I was just about to say, wait, is that my partner for the digital world? You bet it is, Ryan. And you know what? They handle 
so many things. They do premium hosting that's specifically built for WordPress. WordPress can definitely handle a clock. So if you want to put that up there, they got you, okay? Uh, they handle security, maintenance, backup, speed optimization. I don't know if a clock needs any of that, but they'll handle it for you. Uh, they work hand-in-hand hand with you. They put a focus on collaboration and goal-driven design. It's also easy to manage. So Cybersprout.net, your partner for a digital world. That's it for the segment, though. Let's go on to our poll list. We are back for the pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Legends of Tomorrow. This week on Legends of Tomorrow, the crew gets stuck in a forest near Chernobyl, leading to many pairings off and shenanigans, including Gary and Gideon going straight to Bone Town. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bishop's Gideon jettisons assistant Ava and says he's locked in protecting the timeline with her forever. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How surprised are you that Bishop, too, is going to get reformed and join the Legends? How surprised am I? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it works. Uh, it's the Fast and the Furious of TV, where what are you, like, our most archest, archest of enemies in the last movie? Well, now you're our best friend. Did you think he sold his, oh, no, I am, are we the baddies moment of realizing everything that was to hurt him was to actually save because he becomes a monster later? I think so, yeah. And I think it's because, one, he calmed down a little bit. Uh, He's not singing anymore, everything? Yeah, we, I think we've called him the the Jason Manzoukis of Ben Schwartz, Ben <laughs> Benny Schwaz. What do we ben call Schwaz, him? Ben Schwaz, yes. Um, and so, yeah, it, for him to have like a more of a quiet moment, it really changes how he is perceived. Um, and we also got to fill in all these gaps, which I guess were gaps. I didn't... All this stuff has happened through the season, and I never bothered to question why it was happening. No, I was just never like, oh, that's cared. that's legends." <laughs> and I actually, yeah, I've never really put that much time into who is the other wave red. Yeah, and I was just like, "Yeah, another wave red killed them." Okay, let's move on. And so we get a little bit of like uh, Rosencrantz and Bishop uh, throughout this episode, and it it answers a lot of those questions. And I was like, "Oh, I guess that was a question." <laughs> Thanks for answering. On the other side. Everything else, it, it feels like a table-setting episode, which is not in Legends' purview. They don't really don't do that. They're normally like... And, like, wacky things do happen, but the rest the... They were just like, let's land in the woods and just pair different characters off and have them deal with emotions for this episode. So what you're saying is that this was uh, Chernobyl, but Chernobyl was not really that big of a part of it. It wasn't, like, put at the I, forefront, like, Barack and Grodd. No, I think it was halfway through the episode. They're like, what forest are we in? Well, yeah. that's Chernobyl. Oh, no, that's tomorrow? <laughs> like they, Even they were like, this doesn't matter. The right? first half of the episode, they just assumed that they were around dinosaurs for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. They're just like, right? Because that's what will happen. Watch out for those dinosaurs. Well, there was trees, Mike. <laughs> There's trees. So, so where else is there trees except for dinosaurs? And then Gary said, I think it's Gary says, I hope we see dinosaurs. And Astra brings up, the very good point of, you better fucking hope we don't see dinosaurs, dude. <laughs> I know you think cool things are cool, but that wouldn't be fun. How do you feel about Gary's continued uh, being in Nate's face about fucking everything? This is the first episode where Nate said, back off, I'm deciding this alone. I, yeah, I, I think it gives Gary something to do that's a little more than like, he was kind of, yeah, and he was kind of the Ms. Marvel of the show or the Coulson of just like, uh-huh. I'm so enamored by all of you. And he still is. There are still those moments. But this is like actual choices that he's making. He's choosing to, you know, get in the face and have some effect on the relationships and not just mm-hmm. slip on banana peels and have heads <laughs> fall in his bucket and now they're lost in time. That is, yeah, that's a good point that it's character growth for him to 
he's no longer just fawning over them. He will now also share his opinion on what they do and do not do. More than that, the rest of them are definitely in that friend group mode of like, no, we're all so close. You do not tell your friends the real opinion you have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Gary's just like, no, that's wrong, right? And they're like, no, 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 no. If you do it, you tell it to somebody, one of the friends who is less involved, uh, over in the corner, but definitely within earshot. That's how you yeah. do it. And put as much venom on your voice as you can. Also, that's how friendship works. Is what what is friends or even best friends without you having to at some point say back the fuck off, dude? Like <laughs> yeah. too much. This is too much. Yeah, that is a, a, a close friendship. You can just say chill out. Where a just a coworker, you just kind of like peter out. They say he's just a coworker. The other Bismarcky song. He really just another legend. Uh, I have a couple more questions for you, Mike. When, Please. When Zari and Nate go to the totem, did I get all those vowels right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you might have to buy one. When, <laughs> when Zoot and Nari go to the Tatum, um, are we going to see hate Naywood? Like an alternate Nate? Yeah, because we have two Zaris and two Matt Ryans. Uh-huh. So are we just going to send that character away and then have somebody new for the actor to play? Because that's what the show does. I hope so. At this point, it's disappointing we haven't seen alternate versions of all of them, right? Yes, that is super disappointing. <laughs> uh, at one point, they say, oh, we can... I think it's Gideon, evil Gideon's like, oh, let's bust some shit now because um, it, this is right around when Chernobyl blows up, so no one's going to notice. And I was like... Yeah, oh, I remember, Loki rules. I remember that being developed in previous episodes of Legends. <laughs> I was not thinking of Legends, Mike. Did they mention Loki? <laughs> No, they just fully lifted a uh, rule stated in Loki. I thought that was so clever in Loki. So clever, in fact, that I just handed it to Legends. I was like, oh, <laughs> they've also talked about this in the past. Nope. Gideon's just like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll argue that. Uh, a couple more. Fuck with the timeline. A couple more questions. Uh, the Wave Rider name doesn't make sense. I, it never occurred to me, but Bishop's like, wait, the time chip? It's called Wave Rider? What? Why is it called? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Assistant Ava hates everything that's just been established for the last six years when Bishop is... And Bishop's point is like, this is what was told to me. (laughs) And finally, uh, Gary reveals to good Gideon, Gideon, after or right before they have sex, oh, I have three nipples. But in episode 408 of Legends of Tomorrow, (laughs) I believe a magical unicorn ate his nipple. Yep. So are we saying that Gary actually had four nipples? (laughs) Or is he still mourning his third nipple that did get eaten off? And claiming that it still exists? Yeah. I guess that one is more likely. <laughs> I like I the it, four man. nipple. I'm going with four nipples, personally. That's then my why was, he, why was he so bummed to lose one? He has three more. Because it's an odd number. Because <laughs> he's into nipples. <laughs> it's, it's one of the two. All right, you guys, that is about all the time, though. So are you ready for moments of the week? Yes. All right, yes. Ryan, let's start with you. Uh, at the very beginning, Ava and... Uh, What's her name? Sarah, the captain? Sarah, the captain, are fighting. And everyone's trying to figure out what to do. And then Nate has an idea. And so he says to two other legends, hey, you two, come here. Shut up. (laughs) 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 They were just standing there. (laughs) Was it nice to be seen on screen, Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) Invalidating. (laughs) So not only does Nate have my hairdo, my body, and my face, but also my way of dealing with humans. (laughs) You should be getting some royalties for that. You too. Come here. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what about you? What's your moment? Uh, Gary and Gideon are 
bonding over how neat and weird humans are and his top three reasons for being obsessed with people are eyebrows belly buttons and nipples uh just his delivery that's we are not fans of gary here but i liked that a lot and then there's a beat and getting just saying would you like to have sexual intercourse with me like (laughs) hearing his list made her decide yeah let's do human shit i'm gonna say despite his list she decided (laughs) it was a real debate of will i still do this all right, Legends of Tomorrow's Tuesdays on the CW. Our next show is The Walking Dead, World Beyond. On this week's episode, we check in with Dr. Frankenstein, a.k.a. Dr. Bell Shaw, who is experimenting on live humans to get info on reanimation, a.k.a. zombifying. We also find out about her missions to channel zombies to other comp- compounds, giving her more patience. Taste buds, I ask you, what could we find out about the human body by running experiments on Mike? No, what? <laughs> it's for science, Mike. It has to be done, okay? I feel like you've put your body through so much that we we will like further ourselves as humankind if we can figure out what how you're still surviving. That's we have learned that uh if somebody who is severely lactose intolerant just ignores that that they won't die. They just will want to all the time. <laughs> Wait, before we get to Mike's disgusting body, uh they're working on how to zombify people. Isn't that already Aren't we good with zombies in this world? Oh, they know that. There's something along the process that she's intrigued about or maybe how to undo it with that. She's like watching the process to see what all happens during it or something like that. World War II is tough, but what if we could make more Nazis? But what if? <laughs> Hear me out. Well, what have you been doing reading Ted Cruz's Twitter, Ryan? I think the first thing it's we would find out uh, when we put Mike on the slab is <laughs> uh, how, you know how you thought toenails could only be ingrown once? Uh-huh. Not true. It's many times. They could just go Triple in and ingrown, out. Triple ingrown, baby. <laughs> and then it can yeah, be all of Yeah, my toenails look like Montezuma's Revenge with the end of loops and ins and outs. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> you thought that Mike was dead before we started to work on him? No, he sits up one time and goes, Triple ingrown, baby. And then dies for the last time. <laughs> it has to be his last word said. And that's, we have hammers and we just. Yeah, it's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> I think we knew he'd come back. All right, The Walking Dead World Beyond is on Sundays on the on AMC. Our next show is Fear the Walking Dead. On this week's episode, Dwight and Sherry decide to become vigilantes and call themselves the Dark Horses. Strand is unhappy with this decision, so in an attempt to get them back to the tower, he sends assassins to kill the family they are staying with. Taste buds, I ask you, if an assassin broke into the studio right now, would we have any chance of fighting them off? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> How? Tell me what you would do, because you were the most confident, Ryan. Well... Our, we have our move, right? Our secret move, which is as soon as we hear footsteps in the studio, uh, we all run into our big, long raincoat mm-hmm. and get on each other's shoulders. <laughs> and that person would be so tall and so ready to see a rated R film that they would be intimidated and run away. <laughs> That's true. And what if we just took a shit while making eye contact Cassie, with them? Cassie, you have turned this show <laughs> into I a have filthy, show. You're <laughs> filthy beast. I can't believe what you this have done to this you once- have- Precious show. This is what you've done to me. You made this monster. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead is Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Riverdale. On the season six premiere of Riverdale. Riverdale is no more. The show, at least for now, takes place in Rivervale. A city so crazy that Archie is dating Betty, Veronica is with Reggie, and Cheryl does a lot more archery. From there, we go directly to Riverdalian Riverdalian Midsommar Nightmare that eventually ends with Betty pregnant with Archie's child and dressed all in flowers. That Archie does indeed need to be sacrificed. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Does a virtual reboot feel like Riverdale is back to being stupid and great or more like it's stupid and stupid? Stupid and stupid, right? I kept wondering, what are we supposed to care about? It's so weird to be like, here's an alternate universe. 
everything's like what you know, but a little different. But most of the things are exactly what we know still. <laughs> like, it's not like, whoa, that's happening. Like, it's Betty's still in the FBI. Betty's mom Archie. is tells Archie's uncle that they want to fuck or she wants to fuck. Yeah. I don't know if that's different from the show. Or... I get. Yeah. And it, it, it's it, not weird or crazy. It's just two single people that want to have sex. Everybody's like a little dumber and more obtuse and like, well, this has to happen, Archie. Because we've decided, like, it, I'm gonna push back the, on you though, Mike. Like, this is all different and fictional, but is it more fictional than the first five seasons of Riverdale? Are you saying that that was real, and this is fake? Well, that was a stab. Like, you still could, even though it was bananas, you could still care about the characters and what they're going through. But with this weird reboot, how, why should I give a shit that Jughead has scabies? Like, it's it's all it's separate from what we've been watching for five years. So why do I care? Yeah, uh, I guess the weird thing is that they had this opportunity that they gave themselves, right? And we talked about last week, um, we talked about with Legends, like these all-time writer's creations that Legends had. Do you remember those? Mm -hmm. No. One was the robot that read emotions. Oh, and one was the Lucky Rock. So you could just have the script do whatever you want. Um, And so you have this now. You have this thing that you created as writers. Remember, the world didn't create an alternate dimension. You did. And so you have this opportunity to do whatever you want and this is how crazy they got they've yeah they've been crazier in the quote-unquote real world for there, there so was no rockets there was no people dressed as uh super dave osborne getting into rockets <laughs> to go to the moon yeah it i don't i don't get it is is i it does feel like greg the late dead greg i have this in right. my notes dude i have this in my that notes. this is so important. Show, i think finally acknowledges it's a show because jughead looks at the screen it is like midsummer by way of twilight zone but where we have somebody just talk to the screen and be like here's what's going on now jughead has always professed when people read his book that the characters were tweaked enough and the character right. in his book and the character the characters were like no we're not like <laughs> this is you switched archie andrews his first initials that's archie <laughs> andrews uh, but this so this is what we're talking about like this is his book it's very clearly his book greg is right like yeah, that th- this is his book. Do not, we're not telling Greg this. <laughs> no, 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 no. But do we reach out to the writers and send them the clip of him saying this? Do we think that yeah, they from found, years ago? Yeah, like this was enough time for them to listen to that and make this. Luckily, we're, Greg dates every one of his sentences. Like he says the date beforehand. So yeah. that's, that's or let evidence. it be known that on March seventeenth, two thousand five, Riverdale will someday be made. And no, it's a show, which is better than what he used to do before that. Because he used to just hold up a today's newspaper before everything he said, uh-huh. and on a podcast, doesn't work. Doesn't work. So ASMR bullshit. Does it seem like this will get better with the more time they do with it? Are they sticking with this? Is this a thing that's just happening? It's well, like a full reboot. The reason I think that the reason that they went into another dimension is because Sabrina is coming, mm-hmm. and they really yeah. didn't want to have anything supernatural on their show. An argument that me and the aforementioned Taylor, previous host <laughs> of Superhero Show Show, would fight about all the time. And so now they can have Sabrina and Magic and then get back after this five-week event. Because remember, Riverdale and Flash are both doing five-week events. Okay. Right. Um, to Riverdale. Okay. All right. That's my guess. I don't know. It could be fun, though, to finally get some magic on there. It sounds fun. I wish that they were like pulling it off. Because this is I always wanted there to be magic. I mean, you're not so intrigued that you would watch it. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> best of luck, Riverdale. Let's go to moments of the week, though. Mike, what is yours? Uh, Cheryl is mad that Archie is getting a crew together to have a maple tree planted in every Rivervalian's yard. 
And then Archie says, Shara, you don't own maple trees or maple syrup for that matter. And how serious he says that line. <laughs> but it's so fucking funny. Honestly. But it's never explained why do they need maple syrup so bad in this town? <laughs> honestly, Cheryl didn't know that though. Like yeah, there's a beat where she's like, Oh my god, I don't own maple syrup, the concept. <laughs> it's straight up her IP. She has maple syrup. How dare you say that? If you're gonna make a movie Based on maple syrup, you better be ready to pay her a lot of money. So much. Uh, Ryan, what's your moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week is actually when it does go full Midsommar. As I, you, you may have noticed, as I fell down the hill that was that intro paragraph, <laughs> uh, maybe you noticed that I said Midsommar. Yeah. At, for the first, I would say, 40 minutes of this 44-minute episode, it is just a slightly different version of Riverdale. And then they're like, all right, full Midsommar. And Betty comes out. Uh, with that face of just, uh, hello, Archie. Welcome. Happily saying we conceived when we fucked earlier tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I already know I'm pregnant. I already know you gotta die. Uh, sounds wild right at the end. Maybe I'll watch just the last four minutes. Is of that everything. the best way? Yeah. yeah, probably. All right, Riverdale's Tuesdays on the CW. Our next show is Lock and Key. Things come to a head in episodes 206 and 207 of Lock and Key as everyone chases each other through the Winterfest maze. Gabe and Eden kill Aaron and the locks and Scott lure Gabe to Keyhouse the next day to try to take him out. Things do not work out and Unky Dunk ends up making a demon key for Gabe. Taste Buds, I ask you to ask me this. How long until Tyler and Kinsey can talk about how weird it is that they both hooked up with Dodge? How long until Tyler and Kinsey can both talk about how weird it is that they hooked up with Dodge? Thank you, Ryan. That's a great question. I don't think they will. I think the show is trying to ignore that Tyler and Dodge definitely fucked in a truck in the first season. Um, and then Kinsey... <laughs> this nursery rhyme you're writing is wonderful. I can't Kinsey wait. hooked up with Gabe for at least a school semester. They're juniors in high school, so at least finger stuff. Like They both have done sex stuff with this otherworldly bit. Well, who are you hooking up with, though? Is it the mind or the body? Because mm. it's Dodge's mind, but it is Gabe's little peony. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer for Kinsey. Tyler definitely got the better end of the deal. This is the worst debate class topic I've ever. <laughs> Objection! <laughs> this is a wonderful debate topic. It's, it's a little painting. <laughs> it's I, I get that you guys are uh, busy with life or whatever, but it's a bummer you bailed on the show because I think this season is even better than last season, and there's just some wild, cool shit going on. Mm. Again, we get a giant winter maze. All the characters are split up, shouting after each other. The tension was dope. It was great. And when you say all the characters are split up from each other, that includes Bodhi is in this maze? Uh, they all have, like, find my iPhone, because at this point they know Dodge is out there again. Okay. So they have find my iPhone. They're like, you'd never fucking leave your phone. Bodhi's friend is mad that he's keeping secrets from her, so she grabs his backpack and runs into the maze. Oh. And he he's like, oh, shit, I guess I should have told her that there's somebody out there who wants to kill me. A maze isn't where I should go. And so the, the older kids are calling him, because they just put together they gave his Dodge. And so... He's running the maze, and they're like, well, find my iPhone. says he's in the maze, so they run in. And then Gabe and Eden see them run in, so they run in. And then Uncle Duncan's like, oh, shit, all the kids and the bad guys are in there. So he runs in. And then Aaron's like, oh, shit, I got to kill them. I'm the original key keeper. And then she runs in. So everybody's running in this maze, shouting for each other or trying to be quiet so the killer doesn't find them. It's a lot of fun, you guys. That's some wacky stuff happening, if I've ever heard of anything. Does Tyler at any point tell his father's brother that he did have intercourse in a pickup? Did he tell Uncle Dunk that he got fucked in a trunk? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Mike. Did I put that together correctly? <laughs> that was it, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you, know you two have each other. <laughs> so I wake up every day thankful for that. <laughs> 
It'd be so crippling and lonely without that. Monkey, <laughs> donkey, funky, trunky. <laughs> that's all you need to know about this week's episodes. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's not revealing anything. That was the title of the episode. So no spoilers. Yeah. So just so stuff that's still going on oh, is uh, we, we don't know what Josh <laughs> Bennett uh, his deal is. We know his ancestor was the Redcoats. Like th- this is a weird American who's super into the British Redcoats, and at the Winterfest he's dressed up in a red coat. Like they're, they're the bad guys, right? They're the Nazis of the 1700s or whatever. Mm. And uh, he goes like, "Oh, is this like a turnoff for you, to Nina?" And she's like, "I'm actually kind of into it. It's fucking weird, man. She wants to fuck that colonial bastard." <laughs> weird indeed. This one has gotten darker in a weirder way. Um, are we good to go to moments of the week? Yeah, we could do that. All right, hit me with it. Got two. The new key they make to turn people into like demons who will do whatever Gabe says. Uh, it's the lower back tattoo. They get a little tattoo <laughs> of a key on their lower back, and that's where they're playing. So you tram stamp somebody into a demon, and then uh, Eden and Bodie are in the house, and it's all like, who knows what? And does he know I'm a demon? Does she know that I know that she's a demon? And she's looking at him, licking her lips, and she goes, I love snacks, because she wants to eat him. And him just being like, me too, they're yummy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, Bodhi is five, does not know he's in danger right here. <laughs> Do you think the writer's room just like had up on the board, like tramp stamp key? I hope so. like, and they're yes. like, this is key to an episode. This is so <laughs> important. I hope that there's like a giant fishbowl or aquarium of just random shit thrown in they're like yeah, this key means tramp stamp <laughs> come on <laughs> all right lock and keys on netflix you should watch it week by week with mike our next episode is young justice on episode 406 of young justice jade agrees to help artemis after learning the shadows are aware of where artemis lives jade then questions onyx and cassandra about why they left the group cassandra says it was vandal killing her sister lying to her that her mother was dead and raising her as a weapon triggered her defection and onyx says he hates that deathstroke and lady shiva run the shadows now meanwhile gar has returned to earth still grieving connor's death by refusing outsiders missions taste buds ask you this does this convoluted hubbalulu sound like a spiritual successor to x has <laughs> it does i thought you were gonna say titans um because this is a lot of the same characters right sometimes they're young Some and the sometimes characters. they're teen yeah, but these are young, and they're all about justice. I, I got to tell you, so we, we decided we're, we do animated shows when we feel like it now. Uh, I was going to watch, we've heard good things about season four of Young Justice. I was like, I should get uh, a foundation. I watched like the first two episodes of season one, and then I watched eight, eight episodes of season one this week, <laughs> and not, none of season four, which is what we're talking about. And 90% of the characters that are main characters now in this paragraph are not in the show I am watching, so... <laughs> I am even more into it. I think this is going to be one of the most complex, convoluted, romantic triangle bullshits. Which is Ecstaz. Um That's our thing. That's our thing. Uh, is Did you say that there's a ratings switch at some point where it does go from mostly to kids to more aimed at adults? I think the first two seasons that were on like 10 years ago are more for kids. And then when they came back, they're like, well, the kids who are into this are 10 years old. That's a really right? good call, dude. So are we. Yeah. <laughs> So you haven't seen any of the adult stuff yet? No, no, no. Well, I've just seen again eight episodes. So I also stand by the kids stuff. Are you gonna? Everybody has a crush on everybody, Ryan. Yeah, it's delightful. It's called life, baby. Uh, so are you gonna like watch ten episodes a week in order to see if you can catch up with four by the end of the season? No, I think I'll jump into four next week and catch up, and then watch the old seasons when I get the flu. Perfect. Are you gonna read up on what happened in between, or just piece it all together? Nah. How there's new characters. I'm gonna do. I feel like we're always like, oh, I need to know what's going on. As a kid, uh, I was a skid. You were a no skid, Mike. You were a goddamn <laughs> skid. 
that is i would pick up comics confused all the time i picked up the the first comic i remember buying was in the middle of the clone saga and i was like what the fuck why are there eight peter parkers i can be confused for a while until i just hop on board and that's my plan why are there eight peter parkers in star wars like crazy these clone wars are weird um the other thing too is that a lot of people talk about how they'll catch up on wikipedia but wikipedia Mm. is not written like fiction it's written like a, a poorly written textbook and so I zone out so quickly. Like yeah. it's such a waste of time for me to read that stuff. This happened and then this happened. This person meets this person and then this happened and this happened. It's not that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Young Justice on is on Thursdays on HBO Max. Our next show is The Flash. On the beginning of The Flash, Colin Armageddon, Central City TechCon is here, which brings in Ray Palmer. Meanwhile, the Royal Flush Gang is heisting all over the place. Irish promotes Allegra to chief editor, and she gets no respect from the reporters. No respect. And Despero comes in from 2031 to kill the Flash for causing the aforementioned Armageddon. Taste Buds ask you this. If someone tells you it's time for a coffee break in a very busy day that they've scheduled out for you, but it's actually secretly a 90-minute meeting where you have to sit through a bunch of startup pitches, how evil is that person? Oh, my God. The worst. The worst fucking person. I am... My life success rate, like how successful I am in my life is so much lower because of how much that pisses me off and I can't stay at jobs <laughs> and I can't not be rude. Like I will pull out uh, a, like a DVD player with old, like the first season of Young Justice and just start catching up instead of paying attention to your goddamn <laughs> shitty meeting. I have important work to do here. Like watch Young Justice. Excuse me. Like you, so, you don't respect fucking people's time, dude. You're a fucking <laughs> asshole. And double down. So just a uh, Chester P. Runk is uh, Ray's gopher. Ray is the keynote speaker speaker to the tech con and he's like oh yeah i guess i'm really famous and good at tech too uh but he wants to stay retired and do his thing with nora and chester has decided no ray can't just retire he will start a new company and has like all these fucking nerdy kids who want to start a company with ray the kids were not told that ray didn't know they were coming and ray did not know in his back-to-back meetings all day he thought he had one 90 minute break to just enjoy coffee And then Ray tells Chester very politely, hey, man, no, I'm not doing this. I'm retired. And Chester runs away in tears, talks about how shitty Ray is. And then when they're in a fight, barely will look at Ray. I hate this character. I know I haven't watched most of him now, (laughs) but I loathe him. This is a bad kind of human being. Were you supposed to feel bad for him in that moment, did it seem? Like when he cried, were you supposed to be like, oh, this poor? I think so. I don't think the show is saying Ray's a dick, Mm. but it's definitely saying like, isn't that bad for Chester? Like, no, don't fucking spring. Are you kidding? Oh, (laughs) he should shrink and blow you up your insides. This show can definitely raise a dick. Uh, I don't know that much about Despero. Is he a pink savage dragon looking motherfucker? Yeah. He starts out just like, he looks like an extra from Vikings. And then he like... (laughs) Puts his thumb in his mouth and like blows up. What and then the he's fuck? this pink savage. He doesn't actually do that. And then he's this pink savage dragon. <laughs> you but and every once in a while, he'll be fighting and then Barry'll start to talk to him and he goes, wait, and then shrinks down again, and then they can have their normal talk, and then he'll blow back up when he wants to fight. Does he have an eye on his forehead? Every once in a while. Uh, it does, it, it goes sure. of course. Yeah, I mean, mm. we all know how forehead eyes work. <laughs> and if we're just talking about people pissing me off, uh Iris promotes Allegra, the the CC citizen, their little like blog podcast empire is now bigger in the main news and tam so they, they've gotten like war reporters and people who have decades of experience working for them she promotes allegra and allegra goes like hey i was an intern last year they reported in iraq i don't think i should be editor-in-chief and i was just like but you know the city you have to be does not do a handover does not tell the reporters to respect allegra so when the allegra's like do this they're like no <laughs> 
Iris is a shitty boss. And maybe just because you know how to write a thing doesn't mean you can own a company. I'm pissed at her, too. She's throwing Allegra under the bus. He's really angry about a lot of people. Um, in, in the midst of that anger, did you have a moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week, real quick, of that segment was after Mike said The Flash, he said what his new nickname should be, especially after he drinks milk. Do you remember what you said, Mike? No. It, he's, you said Ar- colon Armageddon. <laughs> colon Armageddon. <laughs> I hate and respect your impeccable memory, Ryan. <laughs> uh, my moment of the week is Barry and Despero are starting to fight, and Barry just runs circles around him for a while, for like a long while, while the rest of the characters are getting in position or whatever, and nothing's happening. And then when he stops later, Despero's like, you can't create a vacuum around me. I'm from space. But it was like the writers were like, oh, we should throw in an ADR thing because it is weird that Bear just ran for 10 straight minutes this episode <laughs> and did nothing. <laughs> it was, Bear was just running around a guy standing there and the guy was just like shrugging. Like, I don't, what am I, well, I don't know what's going on right now. So are you going to finish up either of the five episode events on the CW? I'm more likely to finish up Armageddon. Wow. And you didn't sound like you liked it. It sounded like you said that in so much pain. <laughs> All right, I'll do Riverdale then so we can talk about them. So we can have coverage on the show. And I will do neither. Deal. Good job, Cassie. <laughs> Thanks, guys. What a host. <laughs> All right, The Flash is on Tuesdays on The CW. Our last show of the week is Batwoman. On this week's episode of Batwoman, Mary is the new Poison Ivy, and she's using her new power to make sure that her friends and team finally respect her and pay attention to her. Meanwhile, Sophie's on a mission to get info on who is behind her sister's almost death, which results in her and Ryan getting in a fight. Taste Mike, I ask you, how much more enjoyable is Evil Mary? Oh, she's fun, man. She's I I like Mary Mary, but yeah, Evil Mary uh, has a lot of good points. Yeah. The, the, we, we like this show, Cassie, but I don't think they're planner of headers but i do think they have for a season and a half they don't treat mary that well so this isn't coming out of nowhere yeah like it's not like this is the first episode they're being dicks to her yeah and honestly i was like surprised that they were gonna like they were drawing attention to this and i was like oh they're gonna do something with this i thought it was just like they weren't giving that character the attention and i don't know like right. if it was always a plan or if somebody brought it up but whatever they're doing like it's it's actually working so well this show continuously surprises me and and the gal who plays Mary, I think, does a good job at it's not just CGI green eyes and now you know she's evil. Yeah. Like she moves and talks differently when she's poison eyed. I feel like she stands differently almost. Like you yeah. can see it completely. Also, it is just more fun because they played on, you know, like I think they said something along the lines of like you're always like the nice one or something, and how that's like not a compliment. It might have been Alice or somebody. Yeah. And like you can see the way she pulls out like the anger of like I've literally been treated like nothing. So now let right. me just be like to have this other side of her. I'm so excited to see. I hope this is and the rest of the season. Her petty revenge of like, oh, a dude calls me sweet. I will <laughs> drown him in honey then. <laughs> like, 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 I'll show you how fucking nice I am. Like, not only is it her being that petty. And then they saw they were like, wait, she's got a petty side to her. Let's team her up with Alice. And there was yeah. not a better combination they could have put together. It's it's just real, not just smart having Alice on the team, but every episode they're like, "Who's she hanging out with the today?" <laughs> like, and it's just always delightful and makes me care about that character more because to see how Alice affects them positively. Yeah, and the probably negatively, but positively for us, <laughs> for the viewers. us, so positively. But it is like. I feel like this season, I didn't watch much of the first season, but they respect all these characters in their own ways. Because Alice, you know, could be just a shitty villain that they wouldn't put mm-hmm. that much work into. But they are like, she's got PTSD. She's got so many issues. And they're like yeah. working with it all while also still trying. Like she's reconnecting with like, is Mary her stepsister? 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like still bringing in the family aspect, and now they finally get to connect after all these years. Like it's so good. Yeah. That that's at this point they're both the only family the other one has because uh, Mary's mom did die, and yes, Alice probably killed her. Uh, <laughs> but like Jacob is in jail, and Kate is just off running around the world, and so the two of them who throughout their lives were like I'm often abandoned were then abandoned and so they are even though they don't like each other they're like ah. i mean thanksgiving is next week you just want to fucking come over <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hang out and now they're traveling uh being a bad bad girl crew in an electric car so i literally like i yes. can't wait do you think we get multiple like i genuinely hope this is a fair amount of the season me too if they turn into like and we don't necessarily need a big bad right but if that is it the plot like the driving plot line is these two tearing up gotham while everybody else is scrambling yeah i'm into it i'm so for it and to have like to see because we got a little bit of like um ryan and luke coming to terms with the fact that they did do this like they, they mentioned you know yeah. like this anger is all mary like there is another there is like she is infected but the anger is all her and it's because mm-hmm. of like how we've treated her so, so like and that's just on the first episode that they've like tapped into that so to have yeah. them delve more into like that very real thing they can do so much and it shows, it continues that they're morons because when they, at this point, know she's poison ivyified, they just bumblefuck their way into that nursery. They don't go in like <laughs> yeah. stealthy. They're just like, la, 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 and then get <laughs> ambushed. Also, where they're like, I do know that for a fact she is poison ivy. They told us to meet up at a botanical garden. This is going to be fine. I was like, you guys yeah. are just coming right into that, huh? Yeah, you don't want to like cut, cut a little circle from above and like scope it out like they're still not respecting Mary. they're still at the very least they're like no we can talk her out of it though and on the other side we do have sophie and ryan who i love together but are now in a little fight you know this little thing of like you have all this you're protecting your mom who you're now friend like friends with like so much going on it's just tell her like at this point ryan should have learned like the keeping secrets are no fun uh that there's no point not to tell like it's because uh, Sophie's like, oh, my my sister got attacked and it, it was your mom. And Ryan's just like, nah-uh. And she's like, why do you believe this person who lied and has been a piece of shit? And she just goes, nah-uh. Instead yeah. of being like, look, turns out my brother was jokerified as a little kid and so my mom's done with that. It was probably him. She just keeps, like, Sophie is also fully uh, justified in being pissed at Ryan here. Oh, for sure. And, it- and then she goes out and anger bangs Montoya. <laughs> Which I did Hell not yeah. expect that. But as soon as they met up at the bar, I was like, oh, they're going to go there, huh? They're doing that? Yeah. But yeah, genuinely, like, this is the one thing where, like, I f- these shows are always going to do because they have to have that drama of the person just won't tell the other person all the information because right. there's nothing. Then they have no story. But it's so annoying. Especially because Sophie can handle it. Of course, Sophie's going to yeah. be there. Uh one of the people close to you who might be kidnapped by this new young Joker, yeah, maybe fucking let her know that he's dangerous. Yeah, that he Durr. is a little a little Joker. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to moment of the week, though. What do you got, Mike? In the very beginning, uh, we just see like a creepy scene of a guy like honeycombed mm. and like glued to a wall, and there's bees going in and out of his orifice eye. And then uh, a girl playing soccer like goes in. And he opens his eyes and she just says, hell no, and runs away. <laughs> That's the r- proper reaction to that. Because when she saw all the blood and was still walking in, I was like, as a kid, I'm leaving that shit alone. I'm no yeah, longer no. in there. So at least she did get to that point eventually. 
Uh, my moment of the week is, you know how we love when Alice licked the pepper? Um, she did indeed <laughs> lick this honey man, and that was terrible. Yeah. I was not a fan of that. But So it's like an anti-moment of the week, but I was like, I was like, that's still Alice. It's still in character. Alice loves licking shit. She <laughs> do love licking shit. <laughs> All right. The Batwoman is Wednesdays on the CW. Uh, that's it for our pull list. Now let's go to X-Taz. <laughs> Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, bitch, a mini show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s X-Men the Animated Series. On part two of the Dark Phoenix saga, the X-Men crash land into one of those bodies of water that New York has, where it's like a big dirty pool with buildings next to it. You guys, can you believe we picked right back off from space into this crash landing? Did I mean, we were unclear of exactly what was going on. The first episode. At least Cass and uh-huh. I were. Mike is some sort of genius savant nerd. Mm. Uh, and then we took a week off. But I think it was okay because a lot of those... I think I get a little confused when we're in space. Uh-huh. And now, with except for a couple of cameos from Red Daddy, um, <laughs> they're just... They're, they're on Earth and everybody's fine. Except for Jean Grey looks a little pale, peakish. Something's some, weird about her, right? Something's a little well, off. Hungover? She, is she hungover? She's probably she's a hungover. Bit hungover. She falls in the dirty pool water and then rises up with a great blowout and a brand new costume. <laughs> Which, man, if I have to get possessed by a fire alien spirit, I want a new costume and a blowout. Yeah. And it's got to be good. as sassy as that one. Like, to, you just got to announce that you're Phoenix, and the whole crew is stumbled by this. They're like, hey, you kept but calling what? yourself Phoenix. Um, anything up with this? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I think <laughs> they're in the hospital, or I think it, the mansion has its own hospital, so I'm never, like, totally sure where they are. Yeah. yeah. But uh, somebody mentions Phoenix, and Jean Grey is like, that sounds so familiar. And I think Hank is like, uh, bitch. You were screaming yeah. it at us in the dirty yeah, New York pool. His his very dry, like, mm, it might sound familiar because you kept screaming it. You kept saying, call me Phoenix now, bitch. <laughs> but the that crash landing was probably my favorite scene because it was, they flew that spaceship like it was a plane. Like, that was Silly Solenberger trying to land in the lake. Like, yeah. It straight and up was, like, skipping it, around the water and stuff. I was like, this this not how spaceships do, but go X-Taz. Also, it it's important failed. when you're on a TV show or a movie and you crash land into water, you're, it's just they show the surface of the water and then you pop up. One second later, you might spit a little bit of <laughs> water out. <laughs> you might have a teens of seaweed on your head. Other than uh, that, totally fine. Totally good. All good. What, what I like is when they're trapped and water starts coming through the vacuum-sealed uh, spaceship. I guess it got <laughs> damaged in the crash landing. Uh, Cyclops goes for the door and then just sits there stunned for a beat. He's like, well, the door's locked. <laughs> And then Wolverine's like, I'll do it. Like, and Wolverine starts with his claws, and then Cyclops uses a blaster. Like, he just froze. He's like, I just thought the door would open. It didn't open. So now I don't know what to do. <laughs> I guess we all die. Can you? I know I'm the Cyclops defender on the show, but can you not relate to that? <laughs> oh, for like, sure. This how door do it? Don't uh, do? Well, I'm here now. <laughs> I have nothing. Why door not do? <laughs> why door not do? Uh, but then Wolverine tries and sort of shows you the difference between Wolverine and Cyclops' power. Which is Wolverine cuts a little shred in the door. Uh-huh. They all get flooded, and then <laughs> yeah, and then it cuts from the outside. <laughs> and then Cyclops just blasts the door open. Yes, teamwork, I guess. Teamwork, and then checking in with Cyclops. I loosened it for you. 
we do have so since you know Gene is in the hospital, Cyclops clearly not doing well. No. And um he in during his full freak out, we do get him yelling at Professor X. Which I, this has to be the first time, right? The fir- yes. the most wild thing I've ever Professor seen. Professor X is like, Cyclops, calm down. He turns around and he's like, Shut the fuck up, you bald fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's been escalating because last episode we got the you don't trust the team, you don't trust me to lead the team, and Professor X is like, Look, just all I'm saying is throw yourself into danger in space, don't ask questions. And now Cyclops is screaming that Gene's in a coma. Professor X does not put up with that. He says, a good leader doesn't have to be warned to be on his guard. So maybe it's your fault Gene's in a coma. And it looks like Cyclops is going to beat a crippled man. This is how Beast tells them both to chill out. This whole episode really brings up an interesting question of what is, who is more evil, the evil version of Professor X or Professor X? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that base instinct to throw that extra comment out there, like that's fucked. And I think it's I'm beast hurt this young boy I raised since he was a teenager. <laughs> who everything he does is my responsibility. Uh, I think it's Beast once again who comes out and says, "You guys are both being assholes, right?" Like, yeah, this is what the kid is supposed to do in any divorce is come out and say, "Why don't you both shut up?" Mm. Right. That's what a good kid does. And then we get Beast controlling or coming across multiple tantrums because then we go outside and Wolverine's just hitting trash cans and throwing trash cans in the alley like to deal with because he also still loves Gene so he's got to throw a little tantrum but he's not allowed to do it publicly because he's got to go in the dirty alley kind of married to my friend (laughs) (laughs) and he is he is like gone full old man muttering (laughs) (laughs) and then they get uh beast is like hey let's go so i do think they're not at the mansion because uh they're in in this dirty alley and then they get snubbed by a cab it's like every once in a while x-men's like remember people don't like mutants (laughs) in case you forgot and been in this world you guys keep calling him beast but in this scene he should be known as beast with the howard the duck shirt oh yes he did come out with a howard the duck shirt and this like was this connect like was this crossover a thing back in the day? Why did they throw this on him? Well, Howard the Duck came out in like what, eighty nine, eighty eight? The movie? Yeah. It was I think eighty six. Eighty six. The year I was born. That makes sense. And No, it's just Beast, I guess, is into Howard the Duck. Yeah. I mean it's <laughs> it's the same thing of like where remember the Punisher video game. Yeah, we saw some kids carrying a video game and the Punisher was on the cover. It's yeah. almost like in this world, Marvel Comics is Marvel Comics. Mm. And mm-hmm. the X Men are real. But Beast barely puts pants on. So the decision to put him in a Howard the Duck shirt, I feel like should be significant. Because again, he barely covers. Also, if if you don't know the reference, Beast just just has a smiling (laughs) duck wearing clothes on his shirt. It kind of felt like, uh, I assume because they got dumped in the the dirty Hudson pool water, that they just grabbed whatever clothes were in the hospital Mm. gift shop that Gene was at. So it's like Pulp Fiction after they blow the brains out of that guy. They just have to wear like volleyball clothes. Exactly. Um, during all this, we do get X. Um, Professor X throws his own tantrum and tries to leave in his little ship. And this is when he again makes mind contact with this being out in space, and um, it doesn't go great for him. That's <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> oh God! Like he has all of the best moments of this episode, but he's in his little ship and it hits him in the head. He's like, "Not again, <laughs> Arg!" <laughs> And he, he yells at the thing, and this time it's like it has a spaceship. He's not getting all the footage. It's just uh, not a spaceship. It looks like a, you know an alien astronaut's mask. We still don't know who's under there. And he's just like, this hurts. He's like, <laughs> Stop hey. it. Hey, oh. <laughs> and in, instead of stopping it, uh, evil ghost Professor X comes out wearing a cape. Yeah, we just get cape professor. Or as I will now refer to him as everybody else does, walking professor. Now, I want to point something out about this. Typically in comic book stories or any sort of fictional stories like this, 
Um, the person who comes up to Cyclops or Wolverine in this situation is a fiction, a figment of Wolverine or Cyclops' imagination. That right. way, when they insult them, it's self-loathing, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like, this is what I hate about myself, and I'm going to put it in the mouth of this fictional Professor X. This dark Professor X is Professor X, which means these are not, this is not self-loathing. This are all the things that Professor X actually hates wants about all these say. people. Yeah, yeah. Wants to say and doesn't because he, he has a lot, he draws a line of how rude he can be. He's, his inner Brit keeps him like polite. <laughs> and now he's like unloading. But with Wolverine, he, he's Eureka and lures him in and then becomes Deadpool and then becomes Evil X. Wait, do you says, Deadpool the Merc with the mouth? He, he becomes the Merc with the mouth, but more in the Wolverine origin style where he does not talk at all. No mouth, just Merc. Uh, he says, it was a mistake to save you. I'm sick of your selfish, undisciplined arrogance, which Ooh. he's also not wrong. Well, no, I mean, he should have been saved. But he should have been not saved, though, dude. It was wrong to save you? It's dark. That's some stepfather then, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he fucks up Gambit and Jubilee, who are just like, I don't know, trying to see a movie, even they're though they're friends in a coma. <laughs> they're straight up like, they're in a crisis right now, and these fuckers are trying to see a Broadway they show. They went to go see a Broadway show, and <laughs> I and Jubilee that. gets pissed at Gambit, because Gambit is trying to hook up Poon for after the show. <laughs> and she's like, you said you'd take me to this show. And he's like, I'll be out all night. And I was like, yeah, yeah like, this show won't last forever. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. And that's when they also get attacked. And at that point, I was like, fuck him up, Professor X. Just fuck him up. Gambit says after the show, who's gonna get my dick swampy? And that like <laughs> we know you're from New Orleans, bro, but that's disgusting. <laughs> There's a lie. But there. did anybody answer the question though? <laughs> I think that girl was about to until Yeah. Because let's be honest, the women going to Broadway shows in nineteen ninety one all would have fucked Gambit. It's yes. just a, it's just a law. Yeah, like, if you're going to a Broadway show alone, it's so you can pick up. And he showed up in a scarf. He was like, "Look, this is my like. I'm taking care of this kid. This is a foster kid." He was gonna pull all all those stops out. Yeah, oh, and just because it's a TV show, Gambit. Just because you look showered because you're going to a Broadway show, we all still know that you stink. Like he, <laughs> we, yeah, we know. he didn't shower. He put water in his hair and more <laughs> fucking potpourri under his eyes, and just so much Axe body spray. Enough to choke a gator. Mm. <laughs> Right, Get so your patchouli stink <laughs> out of this Broadway line. So after they attack um, this whole crew of Jubilee and all of them, um, we then cut over to um, him professing or attacking Psyche, which uh, mm. then, of course, we have to get Phoenix to come uh, and save them. Oh, wait. Before that, all right, with every encounter of Evil Professor X, he yeah. is so mad and he's screaming insults at them. And every single time they're like, wait, you're walking? Yes. Guys, the walking part is not the crazy part right now. Look at his cape. Look at the things he says. That's what we should be talking about. And his face is a little different. It's not like, it is like the Cassandra Nova. Yeah, the eyebrow. Alternate, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's literally, that was the funniest thing for them to each character they cut to. Literally, I think <laughs> even though uh, Jubilee and Gambit were together, they had separate cuts for both of them. Like, you're walking? Wait. <laughs> That's why he's getting so pissed. Yeah. I am more than my wheelchair. That's when he's like, you know what, you unloved fucks. It's so savage. <laughs> but yeah, And then he's just like, I, I should go to, I, I have a problem. I need mean guy rehab. <laughs> this, is, this is too much. Is that when he floats away, Poochie style? Yeah. Like, and I'm not yeah, making fun of the cheap animation because there's another part where Storm is called by Jubilee mm-hmm. and Storm gets off of the bridge where she's hanging out, the little tower, and she flies away. That animation looks fine. But when Professor X floats away, it is Poochie style where they took the one cell and <laughs> yeah, just, just raised it, it up. <laughs> it was a choice that they made to do this and I can't tell you why. <laughs> 
Um, but we do. So we find out that it was just like the dark side of Professor X unleashed. And then we get a cut to a red daddy briefly. And um, that's when we find out that um, uh, psych, like after he does all this, Professor X realizes that he shouldn't be in charge of the team because he does have mm-hmm. to go to rehab, which is, of course, in Ireland for some reason. And uh, he puts psych in charge of the team. And uh, he goes to a psych ward before he turns the X-Men into a psych ward. Uh, hold for applause. Mm-hmm. So a ward of psych, I think, would have been better. Just a little punch up. But... Hold for Continue. notes. I guess I'll hold for notes instead of applause. <laughs> notes and or applause. And then we get the classic, my favorite thing of, um, hey, ex-lover, here's my current lover. Is he hunky or what? <laughs> and then put the arm around her. Just like, we're together now. Just yeah. like Gabe did with Kinsey. Couple locking keys ago. <laughs> Xavier and Banshee are in such edge around each other. It's crazy. And then Banshee might be right because Xavier says you might be the Oh no, he says it to the void that you might be the only answer to my loneliness. Moira says straight up that she might be his only friend, friend. like the only person who actually cares about him. Right. Mm. And then they kiss. Then they smoochies. Also, in that moment, they like went and stood on the most romantic cliff to be like, "Does he still love you?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, we get it. I know it's four kids, but we can. St- they'll get it. They know." Um, but that's when you know they're having their moment because they're together. Uh, Lonely Professor X is in uh, his little bedroom, and that's when he connects with Lalandra, is who we find out he uh, mm-hmm. connects with the being that talked to him earlier, fights through the pain and touches the hand, which then brings Lalandra to Earth. Yeah. And she says, this is like love, only deeper. Bold thing to say when you're meeting the first time. This is like you've been DMing on Hitch or whatever forever. and then That's some incel shit that. right there. <laughs> but yeah, she came in with some vibes of like, I constantly see you in my mind. And then like stroked his bald head. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> whoa, <And> whoa. <laughs> I'm glad she wore clean clothes. She obviously just did her little laundry. God, were mm-hmm. you, how long were you planning that one? <laughs> I'll give you no notes, just claps. Mike, your notes inspire me from the last thing I said <laughs> to make that one as winning as That's possible. That's why I give them. <laughs> and then for no reason, Juggernaut shows up. <laughs> he's he's just like, remember, I'm here. <laughs> Not for no reason, Mike. The episode has to end. Oh. And he, it, Juggernaut says the most important thing, too. Uh, it's family reunion or I'm your brother or whatever. He reminds everyone that just it, this is not just some random bad Here's guy. Here's my backstory. <laughs> By the way, it's me. And you two will not fuck because I'm here. <laughs> That's the end. Man, my brother's always saying that shit to me. <laughs> and Juggernaut is probably can't see Lalandra, right? It's like a mind uh, yeah. vision. So he, oh, I don't know. He busted down on Professor X fully jerking off. <laughs> fully just jerking off and making out the air. <laughs> and there's no comment about it. He's like, that's my bro. <laughs> my awesome. bro. Well, this like, is, it's the Juggernaut. Wow. This is, this is why Juggernaut hates X. Is uh, He always would do that, but X used to lock Juggernaut in the room with him. He would lose CK Juggernaut. <laughs> what if he walked backwards through the perfectly Juggernaut-sized hole that he had made? <laughs> just because of awkwardness. All right, so that is the end of the episode, which means we got to go to awards. Let's very little Dark Phoenix. In very this episode. very yeah. little Dark Phoenix. Well, well, this is the Phoenix saga, right? Right. It's a whole saga. And I never give a saga an even break. Saga? Oh, th- th- wait, this is not the Dark Phoenix saga? It might be all connected, but I think she has to be Phoenix for a while, but we barely even got that. Yeah, and I still think that she seems dark, right? Right away. Well, her hair is awesome now, so yeah. yeah. She's not tripping on shit. So. <laughs> But she floated in the air. It just <laughs> tripped. Oh, shit. Hold on. Hold on. Let me catch my breath. <laughs> All right, 
Let's I go. Love the show. Let's go. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, let's start with the most '90s thing. Ryan, what do you got? Um, <coughs> Red Daddy has sent a homeless man to the roof to film the X Men. <laughs> do we get any explanation for that? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it's just because he's a perv. <laughs> like how he made contact with him. Why he chose this man. Why he, why he needs to do this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can just check in with them whenever he wants. He's got like alien technology, and but he said this dude with like a camcorder. Yeah, and that's the most '90s is this the, this metal tube. Well, I think what they thought future technology would look like, and mm. it doesn't. It, it's almost like the video version of Kevin McAllister's uh, Airboy. What is it called? Talkboy. Talkboy that he's filming on. This is supposed to be space <laughs> in the future, guys. Get some better equipment. <laughs> '90s idiots. You '90s fools, Mike. What do you got for it? I mean, he he had just come out in the comics. We we would not know what a Ryan Reynolds motormouth he would turn into, but he was just looked badass and was everywhere. It's, so it's got to be Deadpool for no reason. For no reason, Deadpool's just, just in this episode. Just to throw people out. The X-Men loves to do that. I'm just like, hey, if you're a fan, here you go. Uh, my most 90s thing is the Phoenix red eye flash and eagle noise that comes into Gene's eyes. Ah! <laughs> like, it's like hot rod. Like every time he had the, like his spe- his like eagle animal that he like connected to, like that's only some 90s shit. Like to throw in that sound effect. Um, I am gonna give that to Ryan though because why is this man recording? We'll probably never know, but he is. Uh, let's go to best gas line, Mike. What do you got? Uh, it's got to be the a good leader doesn't have to be warned to be on his guard. Like <laughs> Professor X's fucking shady throws at Psych right there is crazy. <laughs> it was like the most bitch, like little bitch moment of both of them. I was like, oh my god, they're fighting, and then he took it a step further. Mm, well, I was thinking a leader would never do something like that. <laughs> he, oh, <laughs> almost, almost like he was that talking head on a reality show. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what do you got for it? Uh, my biggest gasp line was they're like, there's only one place where. Professor X can go. And then it clearly cuts to Scotland. And then the most racist bagpipes come up. Oh, <laughs> now we know we're in Scotland because the bagpipes are going off. And I gasped at how horrifyingly racist this was. That's just Banshee's ringtone. Yeah, that's just. <laughs> Hold on, I'm getting the cold. Uh, my my f- phone is ringing. <laughs> For Gaspline, I did just have Psych just actually standing up to Professor X. Uh, so, Mike, we basically have the same one. I'll give that to you. Because it really was that moment that X took it further. Um, let's X is going to give it to you. X is going <laughs> to give it to you is what we found out this episode. That's what that song's about. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Best Use of Power. Ryan, what do you got? Okay. So, mine is sort of a combo. It's not just how Storm uses the mist for everybody to escape. Because they're all about to kill each other, right? Yeah. And then she puts down the mist. But something I've missed for a while now Fuck because you. storm has been on the back burner is not just her power but her also let the mist be the guide <laughs> to your escape and i just love her uh, co-power dialogue and when she was like you know hanging out on the bridge because she was just set meditating to, like, watch, yeah um and you know she gets the call from jubilee i think even her just like deciding to fly off also needed a power talk like let the winds take me and i was like you can just fly you're alone girl <laughs> but she's there she, jubilee calls and she's like i'll be there as soon as the uh, faster than the wind which first of all you had to say that whole sentence so you're not there that quick <laughs> then turns off her thing and then stands up dusts herself off goes i am storm <laughs> there's quicker ways to do things bro but not a better way that's the best no, way not, the, not a better way uh mike what do you got for best use of power i think it was evil x fucking up gambit and jubilee and like hurting them emotionally 
pieces of buildings are falling down and then the cops run up and can't see anything they just think jubilee and gambit are being assholes yeah. <laughs> so all of all of his mind powers on them because the cops are just like i don't know what to do here <laughs> i simply just don't know uh for best use of power i also had storm using the clouds because it was like when a magician throws a smoke bomb mm-hmm. like it was like she was like i know exactly what to do smoke and the cops are just like oh my god there's oh. smoke i wish cassie had the powers instead of storm instead of aurora I'd just be like uh, I'll, I'll do it for you i guess <laughs> smoke. Just fucking smoke smoke look at it there it is you can't see through it <laughs> All right, our next award is LVP. Mike, what do you got for it? I'm going to... I know he tried to break up the fight between uh, Professor X and Psych, and he tried to get a cab with Wolverine, but Beast did nothing, man. He like really helped nobody throughout this episode. You don't think his just Howard the Duck shirt pushed him out of LVP? <laughs> you know what? I need more. I need more than that. Not only that, he also... So when the ship was getting like holes in it, he was the one who was just like... Our ship seems to be taking in water. Like, no shit. Of course. Yeah, you're not helping, man. Yeah. Do you something. Beast always did in like the last episode and the beginning of this one is hold the humans' hands. Mm-hmm. Like when they were scared, he'd be like, oh, I need to protect them. But no, they're protecting you, Beast. Yeah. You're scared. <laughs> you big simpleton. <laughs> Ryan, what do you got for LVP? My LVP is Professor X. Uh, every single time a laundry comes down, which I have no idea what kind of pain that is, right? I've never experienced that. But the way he acted was like when I'm alone and stub my toe. It's like, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> shit! 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 What is this? God damn it! <laughs> he went through all the phases too because there was pleading or bargaining. Yeah. And he was Why? Like, Please, <laughs> Please consider my feelings in this. <laughs> I'll uh, use I sentences. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> when you hurt my head. <laughs> um, for LVP, I have Jubilee and Gambit for seeing a fucking Broadway show. Okay, wow. so you just hate culture. <laughs> I think you should be. Why aren't they at Truckosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> then I would understand, okay? If they went to the Monster Jam while their friend was in the hospital, I'd, I'd give them a pass. Not, But Broadway, fuck off, okay? They need to know who they are. Also, would they sing a drama, a musical? More information about Oops. the play would have been nice. Simply yeah. need more. Um, but my backup one was Beast because uh, he really did nothing. So, Mike, I'm going to give that point to you. Uh, our final award is MVP. Ryan, what do you got? It's Dark Professor. Professor X is the loser of this episode. Dark Professor is the best because he just walks around like goddamn Regina George. <laughs> burn booking everyone out there. I've been wanting to say this for a long time. Uh, Mike, what do you got for it? Uh, I, I'm giving it to Wolverine, and we normally shit on him a lot. But like, first he's like Eureka, and then the minute Eureka becomes Deadpool, he's like, oh, "I'm going to kill whoever is attacked." Like he's the only one who isn't fully stunned by a Professor's mean things. And then he runs up to Gambit and Jubilee. He's like, "You guys are being dumb idiots. This is what's going on." <laughs> but he does still say, "Like what? You're walking." So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to have that moment. Uh, for MVP, I do have Storm because she was called in for literally two minutes and saved half the team by just using smoke. It's um, true. But I think I do got to give that to Ryan, though. Um, He's a bad bitch. He's, <laughs> I would have. We should have him more. Often. We should have. It's like just, on the podcast. <laughs> yes. I don't think my ego could take that. No, it would hurt would so cry. much. <laughs> it would be me bargaining. Like, consider my feelings, please. But you know, we're in a season where we love the bitchy teenagers, so yeah. uh, it's got to be. It's got to go there. 
All right, that's all the time we have for X-Taz. Uh, can we finally reveal who our, this guest is? Because, Ryan, you got an interview, I believe, coming up right now. I did, and it's not Hit Monkey. It's not the monkey? No. Okay. It is comedian extraordinaire, and I would like to say my new best friend. So, Ooh. sorry, you two, but you've now fallen to 97 and 98. Will Hines. That's insane. Well, now you got Will Hines. Also, 97 and 98? Yes, you guys fell from one and two. <laughs> or wow. 1A, 1B to 97 and 98. And that's because Will just, Hines told me to. All right. Well, just meeting Will made you rethink your entire life. <laughs> I would be insulted, but if Will said it, um, I'll let it pass. Also, you can just casually say, Will, now you're that close to friends. Fine. Whatever. Do you want me to call him by his true first name and last name? William Hinesium? Yes. yes. At okay. the very least. There you go. Show Sir him, William Hinesium. Show him some respect, Ryan. All right. Let's go ahead and go to that interview right now. Thank you, Cassie. I am here today with Will Hines, uh, used to be comedian and host, co-host of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. Will, thank you so much for being here today. My deep pleasure. Deep pleasure. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of surface level pleasures, but this would be the no first way. Thing. I go all the way. <laughs> I'm uh, excited to the middle of my bones. Oh, perfect. That's where all mm-hmm. the delicious marrow is. Um. <laughs> I want you to tell me about Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. And did the title come from just being frustrated and trying to figure out a premise for a podcast? (laughs) Uh, Yes, but indirectly. What happened was I started another podcast called Screw It. We're just going to talk about the Beatles first. And uh, I was doing that with some Beatle fan friends of mine. And my brother, Kevin, who's a big comics fan, he just said, why don't we do one about comics? We'll call it Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. So, But yes, in general... It the screw it titling format reflects how um, a lot of podcasts are being done for no good reason. So let's just own it, and cert- and certainly mine is is one of those. Um, so no good reason that is. But when your brother had said, "Let's do one about comics," the screw it branding had already begun, and that's right. He was like, "Let's make that a franchise. I'll, yeah. I will help you make your screw it titling a franchise." Um, and yeah, because I, I like the attitude. It like sets the expectation. Like, look, we don't have a major reason for doing this. We just want to do it. So join in if you'd like. You know, it gets those expectations nice and moderate. <laughs> um, and screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. It's just me, Will Hines, my brother, Kevin Hines, just talking about comics. We tend to focus on stuff that he and I both liked as kids in the early to mid 80s because we reread those together, like sitting next to each other. Um, but we're open to doing any comics that we like, and we've occasionally done other, other comics. Was uh, were you guys basically Marvel only? Uh, yeah, we were. We were more Marvel kids. Um, not. It wasn't like a religious war. If DC caught our eye for some reason, we'd get it. Like I used to get some Swamp Thing issues because Alan Moore was doing some freaky deaky stuff, and um, Kevin was really into Justice League International when Keith Giffen started doing that. But we were more Marvel. Marvel was what we got. We got real excited. We were Fantastic Four and Spider-Man freaks. Right. And, and we sort of radiated out from there. We, we didn't really get too much into the X-Men at the time. I did read some X-Men, but um, it wasn't until later that we read them. And so when, like, did you have an initial X-Men phase? Like, was it the early 90s Jim Lee time? Or was no, it um, not until my, my I read some of the Paul Smith era, which is like um, 
when Professor X like leaves and Magneto takes over for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of like my and then and when the new mutants showed up, I read all the initial new mutant stuff. This is like mid-80s. So it's like the X-Men has become the biggest thing in comics, but it has not yet become like 15 simultaneous titles. Right. That that's that's when I was reading. Like, you know, Rogue was a big part of it. Um, but Gambit wasn't around yet. Um so it's like it, I really kind of in a lost era, like um, after the death of Phoenix, but before Gambit and other and before like Jim Lee um, started drawing it. It seems but, like you're talking about that era where every single nerd was ready to marry Kitty Pride. Is it about that? time? Oh, yeah, I was I was one of them. I was yeah. certainly in love with Kitty Pride. Yeah. Um, and Storm and every single Marvel character. Um yeah, uh, that, that that's the time. New, I remember reading. Remember, I remember the New Mutants with Bill Sienkiewicz's weird oil paintings. Right, really grabbing me. Like I was fascinated with those. Um, but I was not a true X books expert, the way some people were. And my brother and I just this year decided to go back and read the Chris Claremont X Men, starting from Giant Size X Men One when the, you know the new era of X Men began. We just started doing that this year. So we are reading it now in the early 2020s for the first time. And we are, we're loving it. We can't believe we missed it. And you guys were able to get the man, the myth, the legend on your podcast. What was that like? Oh yeah. Chris Claremont. Uh, we got, we had a contact at Marvel who got us uh, the Claremont interview. It was, it was really exciting. Um, it was also a, a handful. He's super opinionated and he's like, basically like kind of, outspokenly grouchy that he doesn't get more work and he doesn't totally love what's going on in comics in general today. I mean, he's very like happy as he says that to you, he's a gracious interview subject. He was really like polite and whatever, but like made no bones about how he's like, I should be getting more work. And I don't like how anybody does anything these days. He, he did not put it in those words. He would quibble with those, with that wording, but like there was a lot of that energy. Um, and so it like surprised me. I was like, oh, how do I handle this? Do I challenge him on that? Do I ask him to say more? We just basically let him say his piece. To be honest, I mean, like he did change the industry. Like, yeah. How I became- mean, if anybody's if anybody's got a right to be grousing about it, it's him, you know. Like, if anybody's got a right to say, I should be getting more work and and I've got opinions about how people tell stories. It's like, well, you've you've earned the right to express that opinion for sure. That's true, but it doesn't really seem like a medium that historically has a lot of people past their era. You know, like the new guards keep coming in, and it's really hard for the the last generation to write relevant books. Not uh, that, not that's not about Chris Claremont. That's just about that's what I've noticed about a lot of people. It's uh, it's certainly true in comics. It's true in every art form, right? Like rock musicians. You know, like Paul Paul Simon released an album three years ago. Nobody really cared. Yeah. Uh, and he was, you know, he's written as many hit songs as anybody, right? There was there was a good 20-year period where every time Paul Simon wrote a song, it was in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he did an album five years ago. Does anybody care? Paul McCartney has done two albums in the last three years. They're not really in anybody's radar. Did not know that. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it's it's difficult to both be true to yourself and be true to, like, the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, it's, it's not, it's not only true. It's television, you know, stand up comedy. 
Um, it's really, you know, does Jerry Seinfeld is still doing specials, but they're not like changing comedy the way the way his television show did. I just watched the Sopranos movie that definitely feels different than the Sopranos TV show. Yeah. And even when the creative team sticks around, like David Lynch did another season of Twin Peaks right three years ago. Um, the X-Files came back and rebooted Gilmore Girls did another season, like things that had like big followings, you know, Indiana Jones, right? There was a fourth Indiana Jones movie. I mean, this is that that's 10 years ago, but yeah. still way after the original or George Lucas's trilogies or prequel trilogy, you know, uh, it's hard for it's it's hard for people to to stay to stay relevant. But they maybe they don't want to. Like if yeah, you're really true. good, maybe it's more important to stay true to yourself. Like you write a story that you like. Paul McCartney likes his albums. That might be enough for him. Yeah, for sure. Um comic book reviews, at least written reviews on the internet are notoriously awful. Like most of them are <laughs> are basically the story was good, meanwhile the art was good. And then that's the end of the review. When you're reading, oh yeah, so so you tell wait, tell me more about this. What what tell me what you don't like about the reviews? I think I agree with you, but I want to hear you say how you feel about it. I feel like I, I think that criticism should be its own art. Like it it should read as if it's written by an author. And a lot of comic book reviews, which are done by fans that aren't making money, so I get it. But uh, there's this template that they use, and they they change the names of the characters, and they just keep repeating the same. They don't really have a lot of interesting things to say about each individual okay. issue. Right. Okay. When you're reading a comic book specifically for uh, Screw It, what is your process? Like, are you taking notes? Is it mostly just a vibe check? Like, you guys don't do traditional reviews. It's more like the the Heinz Brothers take. But what yeah. is your process? I, I just read it and I try to. My, my favorite critic was Roger Ebert yes. um, uh, doing film reviews. And what, what I liked about his reviews is I felt like he reported his emotional experience watching the movie regardless of what his expectations were regardless of what his intellect told him about the movie you know it was he reported how he felt about it if he enjoyed it if something turned him off if something annoyed him so sometimes you get these reviews from ebert that would be like he gave spawn like five stars or whatever i think he did a four star system he did four stars for spawn and like but he might do like one star for like you know, something when Harry met Sally or whatever, like, um, um, you know, a movie that was well, de generally well regarded. Ebert would stick to his gut. So I read the comic and I check my gut. Do I like this? Do I not? What do I feel about it? Um, and I want to report my emotional experience and try to articulate why maybe I felt a certain way. Like with the X books, with Claremont's X books, the original ones that we're reading now, my emotional experience is joy and I think it's because the book feels in a good way out of control. Mm -hmm. Like I do not believe they had planned it far in advance. Stuff, stuff changes radically and quick. Um, it, it feels improvised in a way that makes it exciting. Like if there'll be a villain and he'll just, they'll fight him for one issue. And then the next issue, that villain suddenly has other powers. I mean, things that like, if you were paying attention, like you ever heard, well, I could give you examples of that, but like, or like, Somebody will be in love with someone and that'll go for three issues. And then that's just over and they don't talk about it. Now, this sounds like a criticism. It actually adds joy to me. It adds like, oh, I like feeling like Claremont and Byrne are doing just whatever they think is interesting right now. And they're not really thinking about what this will look like to 
future historians. And what's crazy about that is they were able to do it because nobody at before it got popular, nobody was watching. And exactly that that method made everyone watch and it blew it up into the most popular comic book. Right. I mean, I, I feel the same way about Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four. There was just basically four people working for Marvel. Stan was the writer and the editor, i.e. no one else to get approval from. And Fantastic Four was both the greatest superhero comics ever made and insanely trippy bad stuff mm-hmm. from issue to issue. And I think both elements were necessary to give this feeling of excitement and presentness. Right. Um, so my process is just to read it and feel it and try to remember what I felt and talk about it. Um, I, I want to talk to you real quick about the state of the comic book based entertainment industry. Uh, you, All right. You've had about half your life with almost nothing. And then the other That's half right. of your life was, is just, it's weekly inundation of stuff based on comic books. <laughs> where, where do you think we are? Are you close to burnout or do you still get excited? Um, I'm close to burnout. The only thing that's really excited me lately in the, in the televised and film superhero thing is the, the recent Disney plus Marvel series like uh, WandaVision and uh, Loki. I, I was excited for they, they, they felt a little different to me, but like when a movie comes out, like black widow just came out and Shang-Chi, which I saw both of them. I'm not, I'm not super psyched for it. Like, I kind of only go when somebody else wants to go. They're good, like group outings. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know why that is, but like, I went to a friend's house, like, let's watch a movie. It's like, oh, let's watch Black Widow. But I would not have watched Black Widow otherwise. It would totally fine movie, by the way. Um, so I, th- I think we're in a state of a, it's a plateau, and it's a little too formulaic, and something's going to shake it up. And I bet you it's going to be DC movies because they, they are taking bigger swings. They got strikeouts and home runs in the DC cinematic universe. Marvel, it's all doubles. Right. And I mean, if you look at two things like Aquaman 2 and the the Batman, the Robert Pattinson Batman, those are two movies that could not be, you know, less similar to each other. Whereas yeah, right. it's clear, like it's clear based on how you talk about the X-Men comic, what you're into is a little bit of surprise, a little bit of freakiness, and something like Black Widow or Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've seen it. We have seen it already so many times. I do appreciate that it's well done. And certainly when I was a kid to have seen a well done formulaic Marvel movie would have thrilled me. And I still, I still enjoy them and I appreciate it. Like I like that there are comics nerds, you know, with billion dollar budgets, but um, nonetheless, I don't get that psyched for it. So I don't, I don't, but you know what? It's a lot like comics where like, if you read like all Marvel comics of the eighties, most of them were pretty formulaic. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, the Frank Miller Daredevils and the John Byrne Fantastic Fours and the Walt Simons and Thor were the exceptions. Like most, most comics that you read were like fine. So in in a weird way, the MCU is mirroring that. That's, that's why you can count on the canon is, you know, if it stands the test of time, we'll hear about it. And if it didn't, there's a good chance that it's, there's a reason for that. So I do think we're going to get, something's going to shake things up. You know, we're going to, we're going to get. I, it won't be Marvel. Something else will shake it up, and then Marvel will have to react to that. Right. Um, this is typically where we do something of a speed round, where I grill you about a lot of questions. But I'm actually going to skip that because I've got you today. Um, we okay. are very close to the two-year anniversary of something. 
Uh, your manager told me that if I bring this up, that you would get upset, usually throw things mm-hmm. at the interviewer. Um, That's right. But I, it sounds like me. I had to take this opportunity to talk about Stanley Chamberlain. We are back from that interview. Uh, Ryan, delightful. That was only part one. Uh, also, part two is coming up next week where we go through the speed round and stuff. But yeah, I would say that... Uh, he made me laugh a lot, but did I make him laugh more? I don't know. We'll have to listen. <laughs> it you you were more charming because of him, I would say. Mm-hmm. You so also, that that's what what a skill that has. You guys bring me know. down to a level, he brought me up to a level. Yes. There's also just so much more joy in your voice. You had this laugh about you where it was like it I felt the true friendship between you two and I see the real you now. But whether I'm talking to him or you two, still that same amount of fucking gross nasally in my voice. So, Always. yeah, I mean, a voice is a voice. A voice is a voice. <laughs> you can only do so much of about course, that. Of course, of <laughs> course. All right, that is it for the show, though. So, Mike, can you tell me about some websites? Yourpopfilter.com is where you can go to make, get everything we put out there. Throw a little slash Amazon in there. That's how, hey, shopping season, supply chain issues, you got to start now. <laughs> Do it through yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Help us out while you're getting whatever dumb gifts for your dumb cousins. Is the supply chain the same as the blockchain? Yeah. Okay. That's so much easier Somebody than saying no and explaining the supply it. chain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know what? It sure is. Uh, uh, crypto, NFTs, the dumb monkeys. Go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter to get even more content. Of course, we have our weekly superhero bonus bonus, a.k.a. the cast pen. You get movie of the year early. You get extra segments of movie of the year, fucking articles. 2% bullshit. Interviews. 2%, 2% bullshit. Organic. Patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. <laughs> Ryan, you're so good at it. Can you tell us about the other shows? The other shows that we have. Are of course, Movie of the Year, where right now, me and Mike and a good friend Greg are going through 1991 to see what is the single greatest movie of 1991. And I don't think it's going to be Terminator 2. What? Although, if you've listened so far, there's no reason why you would think that it's anything other <laughs> than Terminator 2, Judgment Day. <laughs> uh, the other show to listen to, of course, is For One More Year. Okay, rude. A natural 20s. Where Cassie freaks out about her final year in her 20s before she becomes one of the oldest people to have ever lived, (laughs) along with her friends Caitlin and McKenna. Hey, straight up, fuck off. Uh, (laughs) We also have social media. We're at Your Pop Filter. You should follow the account. It's a good account. There's some good retweets, some good original tweets. The content's there. Such stellar retweets. Such stellar. We know the hottest content to retweet. <laughs> you're mi- really missing out if you're not following at your pop filter. I find it weird that we're so good at retweeting that our original tweets catch people off guard, and yeah. that's why they don't like or like, retweet oh. them. Yeah, there's no interaction with them because they're just like, what? Whoa. They can- I didn't Whoa. know they did this. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, that's like if Weird Al released like a... <laughs> like an album of no song. parodies yeah <laughs> we'll be like what all uh, can i can i add an extra thing uh shady monk who does a lot of our music uh throughout the pop filter universe uh just released a free album on Bandcamp, so Ooh. you guys should go check that out and we that was one of our great new retweets wasn't having all the info to that i've heard of some shady monkeys putting out hits on people but what about this shady monk putting out hits of music can you believe he didn't have time to prepare for that one? That was straight from his That's mind. That's a pro. Wow. Um, it's a, you guys are it's, too kind to me. I it's swear. It's an honor to witness your mind. Everyone, do yourself a favor and create a podcast with your two biggest fans. And oh. do it every week with them. 98th and 97th. It's lovely. <laughs> well, no, that's how you guys rank for me. <laughs> for me, for you guys, I'm number one. Of course, yeah. Is there um, something okay. higher than one? 
All right. We also got an email. It's contact at your pop filter. If you want to email and let us know how much you uh, appreciate Ryan and his mind and the puns that he does, contact at your pop filter. Next week, we got a big episode because it's going to be the debut of Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. Uh, you know everybody's been waiting for this one. Got to talk about it. We also got Super Crooks de- uh, is going to debut on Netflix. And Ryan is going to finish his epic conversation with Will Hines. So be sure to tune in for that one. That is it for this week, though. Thank you all for listening. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.